0: Hello, my name is Johnny Taylor. I am a PE teacher and a coach with a passion for all things related to mindfulness, breathwork and sports science. And welcome to the Optimal Mindset podcast. In these episodes, we will be chatting with some of my personal idols and experts in the fields of sports and performance. I hope to uncover more stories about their journey, optimizing routines and their mindset and how they achieve their goals. All right, good morning. Um, welcome to the very first episode. I'm super excited to have uh, my friend Gary Gray here. Uh, we connected um, through the international teaching uh, schools in the Philippines, um, and he's host of his own podcast called It's Personal. Uh, he's a, a college basketball player, and he's a coach, uh, and he's, I'm really excited to read his book, which is coming out um, on the 19th of September. Uh, he's one of my, my close friends, uh, and he's one of the most genuine and one of the most humble people that I know. Uh, and I'm super excited just to have a conversation with him, to to explore his mindset, and to find out more about um, how he's achieved some of his goals. So, Gary, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, Hi, actually, thank you. How, are you, how are you doing after your trip? Like, how you? I'm
1: good, I'm good, I'm good. I appreciate this, man. Um I think one of the things I first think about you is like it's hard because I always find such close friendships just before I leave places so it's been interesting transitioning without you (laughs) so listening to you talk about me it's like giving me goosebumps because yeah um we are very close friends and um I miss you man I miss you so I I appreciate having this conversation and I'm excited to, to talk to you.
0: Me too. I think it's it's really nice, you know. You're one of those people that you've achieved so much, right? And you're but you're also extremely humble and you're you're kind of one of those those friends that the more that you get to know me, the more that you open up and, and I really, really appreciate learning all the cool stuff that you've done. Um, and and yeah, you're just a very genuine person. So yeah, I really I really do appreciate you, man. And yeah, like same, same, same. Likewise. you likewise. Uh, around here. I think um, that's why we
1: get along so well. Like yeah. we are we are honestly very similar. Uh, so um yeah. No, I appreciate it. That's, I do.
0: That's true. So uh, let's jump into into your book. Um, so it's, it's due on the or it's out on the nineteenth of September. Um, and you, I read a quote on your website that said you have never read a you had never read a book a full book until you were twenty three. Is that is that true? It is
1: very very true. Um, I was always a like Slam magazine, ESPN magazine. Um, I would skim a lot Um, and I was into like nonfiction so I I read a lot about just like sports and athletics uh, growing up and I think part of the reason why I didn't read like a full book or a novel whether that book was um, fiction etc is because I was never I didn't know there was books out there that would not necessarily look like me but just interest me in the beginning um, the look like me part came after because I was like oh wow there's also books that like have characters that talk like me that sound like me that have gone through experiences as me and as soon as I started reading books like that I was like wow there's a whole different world out there that I haven't tapped into um, and I thank Narin for that because she she was a very very um, huge influence on helping me find those books and ever since then I fell in the in love with the idea of of reading and writing um, and exploring genres of different authors. So yeah, it's a it's a true story. It's sad, but it's true.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of wanted to get your um, maybe you want to talk, if you don't like talking about like the premise of your book, I know it's a it's a children's book, um, and it's a picture book, but I just wanted to get you the premise about what it is that you are, what it is that you're writing about. Um, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah it's 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 honestly just that like um i grew up i grew up in a very small i mean small in a sense of like amount of people but it was the largest black community in canada um called preston and our experiences um i i'll speak about my own experience has been amazing like i love my community so much um but with with all that growing up in canada it it hasn't been the easiest. So the story in itself is about me as a child um, going through a day of what it's like to be a little black boy in Nova Scotia, Canada, all the good things, um, some of the bad things. Um, and within all of that, it, it's about how all of those things, whether good or bad, represent you um, and are part of you. Um, and can be beautiful in so many ways. So it's a story about resilience, um, it's a story about struggle and hardship, um, and it's a story about love and community as well. So I'm excited. It's uh, It's been a long journey <laughs> uh, trying to create this book, but it, it's been a blessing just to see that it's now it's finished and it's, it's just ready to be on a on a bookshelf now very very soon
0: amazing yeah I'm, I'm super excited to uh to read it so yeah you've done such a good job with that so that's awesome I guess the question that I have and um, obviously you work with a publisher that's correct right yeah I do and I, I think the question I have is how do you work on something and then send it away to a publisher and then the publisher maybe gives you feedback that you need to change or you know things that it's not the same standard that you think. How do you then almost take that and then have to almost start again and do that continuously? Is that how what's your mindset like doing that process? I can't. I can't I remember mean, what that's like. To be fair,
1: yeah, I mean, it's it, it's, and I, and I actually had to send it to an an agent first because it was just something that again, Narin had mentioned to me, like you actually send it to an agent and the agent has the connections to the publishers. It just makes it easier for the artist or the, the writer. So they luckily saw the first manuscript and was like, wow, this is a really good manuscript. I feel like it's like ready to go. With that, it's then sent to a publisher and the publisher agrees or doesn't agree that they want to take on this manuscript and <laughs> they say oh like we really like it hopefully there'll be some changes not a whole lot of changes Um, and then it took about another year um, to edit this manuscript and go through the words go through the sentences Um, and it was you know it's one of those things where you you have to really put your pride aside and be able to understand that these are professionals and though they're asking you to change things that you love like there may be a line over that you love but it gotta go like sometimes it just has to go because it doesn't work um, and for me I think it was just a learning experience because I had never worked with an editor so closely and What she's been able to do to help me get to the point to where it is now is just like been incredible. It's extremely hard, extremely hard, um, but incredible. And I think it's a testament to myself and her, and the people around me just believing in like the process. Because if you look, you know, like if you look too far ahead, um, you forget how important the process is, and that's where the beauty happens, right, in between the end in the beginning that's where the beauty happens for me at least in everything and i really needed to to lean into that during this writing thing because it was hard (laughs) it was very very hard
0: that's such a good answer now i kind of want to have a couple of things you said there so you said you have to put your your pride to the side do you have like a process for doing that like how do you i mean it must be tricky right you're you know you're invested what's your process behind I, I,
1: honestly, I think it's a
0: lot of just
1: uh, mental health. Just really listening to my body, my feelings, my heart. Asking the tough questions when I have to, um, and knowing that I'm new in this like writing journey. Like I, I do feel confident now, saying like I'm a writer, I'm an author. Like that was very difficult for me when I first signed the contract, but my publisher, my agent continued to remind me like, you're going to be writing for a long time. Um, you think what you're doing is amazing. Naren is my number one supporter and she says the same thing every single day. So like I, I've had moments where like I'm close to tears, close to like not wanting to give up, but like, it's just hard, like trying to write a book. and someone's telling you you have to change things, et cetera. Um, but I think being able to be in connection with like my body, with my mind, and just like my spirit in general has been extremely helpful. And that's through reading more books, it's through therapy, it's through running, it's through exercising um, and taking time out of the day to really focus on those things. Because it's just, for me at least, it's just
0: really, very important. Yeah, that's a a really good answer. And it's almost like I think in society, sometimes we end up focusing on, you know, getting to the end goal or like rushing towards something, right? And I think, you know, as human beings, it's important sometimes, like you said, we we slow down and we actually focus on the process, right? Rather than worrying about the outcome or Mm -hmm. things that we maybe can't control, about being more present and being able to actually take that time, right?
1: It's so true. Like I'm reading this book now from this Vietnamese, he's, he was a Vietnamese monk and an activist um, and a teacher and all the things. Um, his name's Thak Nhat Khan and his book's called uh, Peace in Every Step. He literally talks about how to not necessarily meditate but how to use breathing as a way of therapy. And he talks about using breathing in every step like when you're eating when you're driving a bike when you're walking when you're talking on the phone before you talk on the phone like you can take minutes seconds hours whatever you can out of your day just to like listen to your breath like listen to yourself breathe listen to yourself like walk from the couch to the fridge like all these like little simple things that like really slow down your mind to think about being in the present moment, and I thought that was like for such a like simple idea. I thought it was like so profound. I was like, wow, like how can why aren't we just taking time out of the day just to like listen to our breathing or just relax versus always wanting to go and finish and get to the finish line? Um, but again, I've only, I'm only about halfway through this book, but it's it's been amazing just to like see and listen to someone else talk about how you can really literally have peace in everything that you do which is just phenomenal
0: i like i actually read that book as well yeah it's one of my one of my favorite books so yeah i'm
1: not not surprised that you've read it
0: (laughs) um yeah i think it's it's one of those things that like as society we often you know, with with everything that's happening with the technology in the world and social media, every, everything seems almost sped up, right? And mm-hmm. and it is we're not never we're often not really kind of where our feet are, and and I think we're not really actually fully present, right? We're always getting towards the next goal, or we're always pushing to do something. Um, mm-hmm. And I think true success, or one of the, the one of the things I believe in, is that actually yeah, we need to work on being more present because. You know this is the only moment that we have right
1: it's so true i always think about you sometimes when we have i remember we used to go running and you used to always say like man i just want to like live in the woods (laughs) away from people or have access to people when i want to and just like live in peace in nature and it's so true like i think we like you said we tend to want to just go 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 and get to the finish line so quickly that's not life like you don't wake up and make to the finish line it's just not like no one does it just doesn't happen that way um but yeah I think about you so much when those moments come up it's like man I remember Johnny just said he wants to live in the woods just like live to be peaceful by himself in the woods
0: (laughs) no phone no technology no social media just yeah just you know being present in the moment and yeah that's um, all right last question on, on the book um if you were to give maybe like a top tip for someone that maybe is thinking about becoming an author or is in the writing process what would be your you can give it a couple but like maybe your top couple of tips that you would give to someone who is in that the process that you've you've been through or, um, what would that look like honestly i think the first
1: tip is just like you need to write a lot in. Be open to like a really rough draft of anything. Um, when I mean write a lot, like that, just write. Like don't worry about. I always tell my kids. Like I'm a third grade teacher, but I always tell my kids like just draft something, write it fast, whatever's on your mind, and just do it a lot. And those ideas can come to turn into stories just as quickly as anything. So. I think that's my first tip is just write and draft as much as you want to, as much as you can. Um, And the second tip is having a, I don't want to say healthy balance. I want to say just understanding like your life situation and do the things that you need to do to be okay in those moments. Um, Because my balance may be different than your balance, right? Like you may need to be writing for three hours versus me who needs to write for 45 minutes so whatever it is find that schedule that fits for you and just like lean into it as much as possible and then don't be afraid to change your schedule as well when things don't work because sometimes we often believe like we have to I used to be one of those people who like felt like they had to wake up at 4 30 and like work or like go to bed at like 12 30 at night because i needed to be studying like i used to be one of those people and you don't have to do that to be successful at all like just because social media or someone on youtube is telling you you should be like grinding it out you don't have to do that to be successful at all
0: that's a really good point and i think we we often then become stressed or we become bound to our schedule right and then when you you know you don't hit that waking up at 5am every morning you know you actually start to feel bad right and yeah i love that point you made about adapting that schedule if it's if it's not fitting to to meet your needs right yeah that's yeah are some awesome points man i appreciate it yeah
1: like you don't you don't have to you don't have to like bind yourself to one idea or one one schedule it's not how humans work like we are very complicated people things right? um that we should be adjusting a lot, actually.
0: That's, that's a really nice way to, to transition into our, our next topic. And um, so, obviously, both of us are, are coaches, and I kind of wanted to get your take on your experience. I know you are uh, someone that is extremely kind of relaxed and maybe a little bit more chill. But when you when you were playing, you played college basketball, I believe, in in Canada, as mm-hmm. I correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Like, how do you how do you transition from someone who is very kind, very relaxed, very easygoing to that more? I think you know where this question is going to that more competitive and um,
1: more in the zone,
0: competing environment when you're playing sports? So how how do you do? You have like a a, way, a, a routine that you do know, or something that you do that, that helps you when you play great
1: that's a really great question I am I am I would say I'm very competitive or was very competitive in sport um playing university basketball I coached I was, as an assistant for a women's college team like a very very good women's college team in Canada um and I think as a coach I think I think it's, it's very very important to have and I hate—I don't love the word balance, but I think when you're coaching, you need to have some sort of balance between fun um, and lightheartedness and connection and community um, versus skill, competitiveness, competition, practice. And I think for me, at least when I coach individually or as a head coach, I always lean into community and fun first. Um, because I think that sets the tone for the beginning of the year. Um, Because for me, when kids, young adults, see that I can switch on from like, when we're practicing and I'm like in the zone and I'm teaching a skill and I'm sharp and I'm like, really, my expectations are very high. Um, They understand like it's go time, like we we are working right now versus when I'm telling a joke or we're playing a game or we're building community where I'm like, my shoulders are a little bit down and I'm like smiling a little bit more and I'm like a little bit more, you know, loose. And I think when I'm able to have some sort of balance of those in the beginning of the year, it allows the middle and the end of the year to work out 10 times easier for me. Um, Kids are able to see like, oh, like he cares about me? because we're having conversations, uh, we're talking about the sport, but he's also willing to listen because you're going to have multiple, you know, as a coach, you have multiple personalities on a team and your coaching style hopefully fits everybody, but nine times out of 10, it's not. Like there's going to be some kid that doesn't fit very well. So I think you need to have some sort of like, you know, a good balance of like building community um, and fun for for coaching because i I don't think even in college my coach i think he was like he was done he was hard no like old school but at the same time he joked, he laughed, he teased in moments where you know things got hard as well um, and I think those were the moments where he always used to say if if I'm not on you, if I'm not on you I'm not pushing you that means I've given up on you so He's like, when I'm talking to you and I'm pushing you in those moments, it's because I care about you. And I always took that to heart. I was like, wow, like even though you're making me like do this drill over a thousand times, like you're still somehow sharing with me that you care. Uh, And that's hard as a coach because, you know, just as well as I do, personalities clash all the time, all the time. Um, so some sort of balance between the two I think is very very important I don't know if I answered your question
0: no but so I mean there's so much interesting information you've just given there so I ask a follow-up question Um, yeah how do you you balance that because I think sometimes when you look at the maybe you watch some sport on the tv or you watch coaches Mm -hmm. it's, it's there's a lot of like the coaches seeming very authoritarian and very like this is what we're doing there's you know there's how do you balance those two almost dichotomous ideas right when a coach is kind of having fun and and building relationships and and then also has that serious like so how do you balance those two elements or do you think, think that often we lead toward, lean towards one side or do you think' it's, how do you how do you think it's balanced i, I, I think, I think for at me
1: for me at least i think there are I did middle school I did middle school girls, for example, this year middle school girls basketball. Um, for me, coaching middle school girls basketball um, it is not about winning it'll never be I don't care where I coach it'll never be about winning and I'll tell every school, every player that if I'm coaching middle school boys or girls basketball, it'll never be about winning. so if you're looking for someone to like drill and all those things it's not me if you're if you want me to push middle school it's always about what I talked about before about the process um and I'm very clear with parents and players about that like I'm going to be pushing you towards skill and development before anything and if I'm coaching middle school I would say more than half of it is for me building community specifically with middle school boys or girls or whatever Gender that or uh, whatever gender that is, like I'm really trying to push them towards the process. High school may be a little bit different. It may be like a 60, 70, where it's a little bit more competitive because some of these kids may be going off to college to play a sport where the competition is very different, the level of scheduling, mental health, school, all that stuff is very different. So I think based on middle school high school college etc like there has to be a difference in how you for me at least to balance out what's important and what's not important um because what is your end goal for some of these kids in middle school it's just like they just want to be healthy or they just want to be around their friends or like, they want to learn new sport it's not about like winning the like conference finals or you know what i mean high yeah. school is a little bit different where if we're thinking about international schools, like they are maybe doing, uh, they're pushing towards like high right? There may be two or three kids that are going off to play college. So like we would be doing them a disservice if we're just having fun all day, right? If we're just like goofing off, right? So they do need some sort of like schedule that is allowing them to see like, wow, like we can also have fun. The coach is also trying to set me up for the future, which is like, you know, practices that are a little bit tough, maybe a workout schedule, maybe we're talking about an eating plan or whatever the case may be as well. Um, I really think it depends on an age group and the setting, like whatever school or organization we're working in
0: as well. Do you ever get any pushback on that? Because often we think of winning as the only thing and it like you said, winning the championship game. Do you ever get any pushback when you, because I actually really agree with you and I love, I love what you said about you know, winning is not what we're we're gonna focus on. We're gonna focus more on the culture and the environment. Do you ever get any pushback from from parents or or from kids that just want to win all the time? Because that, that must be a hard line to deliver, right? Like
1: um, not I think I honestly I mean, this is might be a little bit odd. Not that I can remember. I think the schools that I've been at and the teams that I've coached uh, at least administration, athletic departments have always trusted me, which is amazing. Um, and I think within that, the parent community has trusted me as well. But I think the parents, I think the kids trust me first and that kind of like triples down and allows the parents to trust me. Um, I mean, I've had one or two parents that I've had conversations with just about like philosophies and, you know, they want to know about the possibilities of their kids playing college or whatever it is. Um, but nothing to to an extent where they're like saying like winning is so important, or if you would have done this, you would have won. Um but I do know that 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 community is out there, like where they're trying to get coached. I mean. In college, it's different. The university is very different. Professionally, it's very different. But I do know that there are high schools out there, um, schools out there that winning is very, very important. Um, And for for a a variety of reasons. Like, I mean, winning sometimes also means funding for some schools, which is like a whole different element of of thinking and mindset as well. But for me, it'll never be about winning. I mean, I'll I'll never. I don't want to coach professionally. I will never coach university. Like I don't think I will. Um, but I think maybe now, while I'm in like an international school and teaching like high school, middle school, it'll always be about the process. They're just so young. They're just so young.
0: Yeah, I like it. Um, I think we've already answered this question, but. If you could sum up your your coaching philosophy in maybe a sentence or two, I'll wow. give you time to think, because that's quite a tricky question to put you on the spot. Or what would you say would be your like your key theme of you were gonna be like my philosophy as a as a middle school basketball coach is mm-hmm. to what what do you think that would look like? Or could you sum it up in a couple, maybe a sentence or two to describe your philosophy? Mm. To so I felt like I put you on the spot there, Gary, a little no, bit. No,
1: I think, I honestly, I think it's similar to what I said. I think if it had to be like one sentence, it would be like growing together and enjoying the process,
0: period. I like it. You, you should yeah. stick that on the board. That's a good, uh, that's, a, that's a good, uh, good, good philosophy there. All right, last question on um, Gary. I remember it's Gary, the the player, and Gary, the, the basketball coach. And, um, One thing I'm really interested in is mental skills work and and mindsets so things like meditation and visualization and and the mental side of performance, almost like the sports psychology element. Mm -hmm. Do you do any work with your teams on any mental routines, any mental skills warm-ups, any thing to try and optimize the mind before they play? Or is, is it more something that you just embed organically into your team culture?
1: Yeah, like I I used to not as much um, even think about mental health stuff. Like I used to, I think I always believed in it, but I don't think I've always practiced it. And I think more recently I've tried to use it as like a a beginning and end of the practice or even end of games because regardless of win or lose, I think it's important to listen to your body, listen to your breathing, et cetera. Um, So we did a little bit this year. In the last few years, we've used just very, very, I want to say brief, like five, 10 minutes of just like sitting in silence, really listen to, listening to how we feel, listen to how, like what our emotions are saying about how we played. Because um, you know how kids are, like I think they, sometimes they play really well, but they feel like they played awful, like awful, right? Sometimes they play really bad and they think they played well. Like, it's just, that's how kids are. So I think using that time to like sit, after and before games, i think it's just it can be so powerful um, it can be so powerful for kids in practice i love to just like sometimes for five or ten minutes at the beginning of practice like we'll just sit in a circle and we n- may not necessarily be sitting in silence but we're just talking and having a conversation about like how did your day go and kids are able to realize like oh like, my day didn't go well because I didn't feel good about my tests. I'm not ready to practice right now because I'm thinking about my exam tomorrow. Like, those are things I think kids, I think they, they know what's happening, but they don't know why they're reacting a certain way to a friend or their coach or a drill. Like, you're not running hard right now. Why aren't you running hard? I don't know. Well, you probably know it's in there somewhere. You just haven't had time to, like, sit with it and think about it. So those moments in practice where we're doing that, I think that it really allows kids to be honest with me about how they're feeling during that day instead of like me not necessarily researching or guessing like, why, why is this person like acting a certain way right now versus like them just being able to be honest with me about their feelings. Um, and yeah, I've, I think it's, it's been very, very helpful for me as a coach because it allows them to, to share more um, it makes life a lot easier. <laughs> a lot easier.
0: I think, as to to add on to what you said, as teachers or coaches, often we think that our session might be the most important thing of the day, right? And We often get wrapped up in our own little world, our own bubble. But we got to realize, especially if you're working in a school or you, maybe you're working with a youth team, that these these kids are growing up and they're still learning, right? And they're, mm-hmm. they're in that process that actually. They may have had a horrible day in maths or they may have just done tests. And I love that idea that you kind of sit with them and allow them to almost cognitively or maybe express their feelings before they train. And I'm, I'm sure, I mean, obviously I wasn't in the session, but I'm sure that it would have a huge impact on just how the kids feel going into practice, right? That they're allowed, they're feeling in that safe space where they can kind of let things go before they start to practice, right? Rather than just expecting them to trainings on. We've got to focus, we've got to go, we've got to train and yeah yeah. makes sense. awesome idea. So I love that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing.
1: Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you. This was so much fun. Um, so much fun. Last little thing I
0: want to talk about. You have got so many things that you're you're talented at and so many there is I like can talk about. But we might have to do a round two. We might have to bring you back <laughs> on the show I'm on the chat. There's so many questions that I might be making notes down and questions that I want to follow up on. Lastly, I spoke about uh, Gary, a podcast, um, the podcast content creator. Um, so as someone that's literally, this is my podcast, and you've been really helpful for all the, the setting up and helping me um, to understand how that process works. And there's still going to be a lot of, lot of bumps on the journey, but, but it's been very, very exciting so far. So mm-hmm. why did you want to create a podcast? So, Initially, why did you want to, what was your inspiration behind wanting to create a podcast initially?
1: um I'm I, I'm gonna apologize because I forget the name of the podcast but I'll, I'll send it to you so there's two guys that I've done a podcast with not with like I've just I've been guests on their podcast and I think I must have been a guest like five times um it's an educational podcast and they have been just really super kind and generous in regards to having conversations with me. Um, And then I started thinking like, I also want to be a writer. I want to be an author and I want to be like in that world. And then I also started to think about my journey in regards to reading the book at 21, not seeing the books that look like me or the characters like me. So I started to just reach out to, I said I wanted to have conversation with people. And I want to understand the person behind the writing, behind the the, the drawings or the illustrations. So I just started making a list of all of my favorite writers and illustrators or creators. And I said, I want to focus on people of color, people who have had similar experiences. And I just want to have conversation with them. Um, And I just want to see who they are behind the, the, the amazing work that they do. And as I told you, like, people are super generous and kind, and they wrote back and said, like, yes, let's, like, have a conversation. So I don't know how many podcasts I actually have. I don't, it's not, like, I mean, it is a, a, a good handful, um, but it's been so helpful. Johnny, it's been so helpful because they've not only given me advice on, like, writing, but they've also given me advice on, like, mental health, on finding agents uh, talking to other authors Um, what does this like author world look like and feel like Uh, but then on top of that they're so personal role as well talking about their journey um, in literacy which has been just phenomenal i'm very thankful lucky um, and blessed just that they've been able to say yes to, to have a conversation with me so um, it's been fun. It's been really, really fun. You're gonna love it. Trust me.
0: <laughs> you, you, you've done this already. Um, my, my follow-up question was: Why? Um, why do you? Uh, how do you filter your guests? Do you have like a process of like looking for someone and saying I want to be, speak with this person, or I feel like you might be more open to just kind of talking? Is there like a process that you go through? That's like here's this person I want to connect with? Or is it more of like you're open to connecting with Brian? I'm
1: pretty open to talking to anyone. Um, As I mentioned, it is majority people of color. I think I want to talk to, I think I don't talk to enough women. I think I want to talk to more women on my podcast. I want to talk to more people from like the LGBTQ community. I would love to talk to more people outside of my own, like race or background. Um, and I think for me in the beginning, like talking to people that look like me, I just feel safe, like more safe talking to some people or authors in the beginning that look like me for a variety of reasons, right? Um, but I think I want to expand that as much as possible. More women, more people from the LGBTQ plus community Um, more people from different backgrounds or religions as well, just because those are things I don't experience often. And those are, I think, also stories that I don't think are also being told, etc. But the process is trying to be more intentional about who those people are. Um, Because some people have huge platforms. Whether they say yes to me or not, some people also don't have those platforms. And if I can just be like a small sprinkle a platform for them to share their story to talk about who they are i would love love to do that so no process but like trying to be a little bit more intentional about who the people are that i try to contact
0: what what would your what would a successful uh podcast look like for you in in say three years time so what would what would success or we don't have to measure it by anything. But what, what what would be what would success what what would a successful podcast look like in say three years' time for you? How would that look, or would it look any different to what you're doing now?
1: It, it wouldn't honestly. And I'm, I I I tend to be someone who likes to continue to set more goals. But like I'm I'm at such a good place right now. Like I haven't done a podcast in I don't even think it might be close to like a year now, um, but I have. It's like on the horizon and I think the cool thing about where I am at least individually is that I'm okay like I don't feel pressure that I haven't podcasted in x amount of time I feel like if it's meant to be I will email or message or dm whoever it is they will say yes or they will say no and I can pick it back up again Um, success for me is just being able to continue to have conversations when I when I want to versus when society is pressuring me because this other podcast has 5,000 different conversations or a conversation every day. I need to be okay with like one conversation a month or two conversations a month or a few conversations a year and not have to feel like it has to be so consistent. Like Johnny, we're we're teachers, like we don't have... (laughs) the time in the luxury, like a professional podcaster or whatever the case may be. So we have to be very mindful of like how we're using our time. I feel like success for me right now is podcasting when I want to. to
0: I think it's trying not to compare as well. Like you, I picked up on a the point there that trying not to to compare your journey to others, right? And I think sometimes society, Definitely allows us to, or we we think we should compare to what everyone else is doing, and mm-hmm. um, it's really about running your own race, right? Exactly. And, and and running your own journey because mm-hmm. that's where success success lies, right? We can't. Hundred percent. All right, last uh, last question of the the day. I really do appreciate you you giving up your early morning here to no, come. It's, good. it's been it's a lot of fun. Good. Fun to have you on the show. Um. I'm kind of interested in the optimal mindset, like what would an optimal mindset look like? So what would an optimal mindset look like to Gary Gray? What would that look like? That's a good question.
1: Um, that's a good question. I think
0: it's- I think It's a bit of a big question to end with, so feel free to take a moment. I to have- think
1: it's just, honestly, it's really about just being being okay. I don't know, I've heard this over and over again, it's a little cliche, but like being okay with not being okay as well. Like, you know, just waking up, being able to understand that even though I have a plan for the day, whether it's writing, whether it's teaching, being okay that it's probably not gonna go the way that you want it to and being able to be flexible in those moments, and still find peace in those moments as well. Um, again, I'm in such a I'm in such a good place right now, <laughs> like such a good place. And I think part of it is because, again, Naren, um has been such a huge cheerleader for me and reminding me of the things that I've done to like set myself up to be okay and not even just successful just like healthy and okay with who I am um, and I've done therapy work and shout out to my therapy I like think, like therapy is amazing I think it is if you have the luxury of finding someone or talking to someone um, all those things so I think that that mindset is being okay with not being okay um, and just truly trying to lean in on you happy and it's again it's very I do think it's a little cliche but at the same time I I do really believe that that is for me my ultimate goal is to just feel okay with life's changes and ups and downs etc.
0: Awesome I think one of the things that I really appreciate you is after our our conversations whether it was going for a run or whether it was going out for coffee I always feel I always feel better after talking to her. I always feel, yeah. you know, I always feel inspired, or I always feel a little bit ready to tackle the day. And I think a lot of it is just to do with just the person that you are, and and the fact, the willingness to listen, but also the willingness to just to just genuinely be be you. And I, and I really do appreciate that. And yeah, you're just such a a wonderful guy. We'll have to have round two on this podcast as well for yeah. sure.
1: I appreciate it. I mean, I'm surprised you didn't ask me any questions about fantasy basketball.
0: <laughs> I didn't think about it. But we only have a limited amount of time, so only we we can talk about fantasy basketball for uh, for for a while. So, lastly, for those that want to um, connect with you or want to learn more, what would be the easiest way of of getting in touch or learning more about your your upcoming book um, mm-hmm. or or your how would they get? Yeah um
1: you'll find i have it. a web uh a website is gary gary r gray jr and juniorsjr.com and that'll be that's like my home base i guess right now um and it's just information book stuff um learn more about me my dms are always open i, I tend <laughs> to just try to respond to, to, to everyone that dms me whether it's instagram or Twitter and Twitter and Instagram are the same, same for the Gary R. Gray Jr. Um, yeah, I'm all over the place. I have a YouTube channel. I'm trying to do once a week countdown to my publishing date as well. Um, but yeah, I'm online. Um, you can reach out. You can contact me if you have questions. Um, yeah, I love connecting and, and having conversations with people. So yeah awesome
0: well thanks so much for uh, being the, the very first guest uh it was a it was a fantastic conversation really good to catch up and thanks to the listeners for tuning in and we'll see you again soon thank hey. you thank you thank you for tuning in to the optimal mindset podcast we're available on itunes and on spotify i have included my email address in the show notes below for those of you that wish to find out more about some of our guests and about our upcoming episodes